boys, who's boys, 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 OB, baby. OB, boys. Boys. AKA OB. Get it? And the O stands for OB and the B stands for boys. OB, baby. So oh, that's when pretty we good. Inevitably, I know, right? So when we inevitably have to do every episode of that, it will be the OB. And that is also pinning, and we are adding it to the bottom of our email signature. So step off, people. And here's the best part, too, is we ha- we keep getting on these emails um, after we famously were wearing the Poe Boys swag at Star Wars Celebration. We do keep getting all these emails. We And we keep getting all these emails, and they're like, what What are you doing next? What are you doing next? And um, the nice thing about us adding more people into the Poe Boys network and the Poe Boys LLC, although they are separate corporations, is that you're going to continue to see new swag, Obi Boys, Pedro Boys, mm-hmm. Diego Boys, mm-hmm. as they become more relevant, as mm-hmm. they become more relevant. So, um, yeah, we are, we, I mean, we put in the the request, the patent request, um, to have that trademark. Which is really a formality. I mean, we're a big enough conglomerate that kind of patent office has come to us. Yeah, another thing, too, is once you apply for a patent, once you get, you know, a TM, it's really not that hard to get another one. Um, it really benefits, you know, They pay, people talk about how the little guy is downtrodden, and that's definitely true, but when you have as many people as we have in the Po' Boys network, um, you know, we have an entire department of people that are just going after John Favreau. Um, famously, you know, we had Cody on, our um, money man, who's, like, managing that. Mm-hmm. And... We can basically, as soon as some Star Wars information gets out, we can get right on that with how we want to be involved because we are shakers and movers in Mm -hmm. the Star Wars universe. And I know you're thinking, listener, boy, doesn't this sound like kind of a reckless abuse of power and just like another big kid on the block swinging his weight around like Silver Spoon, using the power they've amassed to snatch up things for the little guy. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And I would just say, nuh-uh. So don't worry about it. Because we also, when you're getting bullied, you know, um... I haven't because I'm so, you know, ever since um, high school when I got so, so swole, people are just intimidated by me. But mm-hmm. when you deal with bullies, it's it's intentional. You know, we are going after John Favreau. But we're not going after anybody. So I wouldn't consider us a bully. I would consider us more like the super cool guys that just happen to have the best ideas all the time. Yeah, and they're also good at sports. Yeah, good and sports. No, um, like their letterbox counts very cool, and no cool movies, and they're on social media, but like only a little bit, and only when it's cool. All right, and uh, let's see. That was pretty hurtful, pretty early in the pod. What uh, are you talking about? <laughs> you just said only one of them is cool. So, only when it's cool. Oh, only when it's cool. All right. I am. Oh, my um, God. You're always so saying everything I say. Oh, it's so hurtful. Microaggression. 
<laughs> no, it's more like, oh, it's so hurtful, microaggression. Oh, oh, that yeah, that sounds closer actually. Nothing from the Doughboys yet. No, I mean curious. Dropped several hints on Twitter. Tagged them in the post for last episode. Yesterday, my girlfriend and I on our Star Wars rewatch ahead of Rise of Skywalker sat down to the delightful film Rogue One of the hashtag Rogue One character contest fame. And I tweeted at Doughboys and said, hey, oh, well, you know, I watched Rogue One and I knew all the character names. Well, you know, hint, hint. And Mike Mitchell liked it. Still nothing. I'm sorry. Are DMs invisible? Because they must be. Because so is our email, apparently. Well, the Doughboys. This is out of control. I knew Josh, it was too late or too early to declare Justice for Poboys. The fight continues, apparently. Josh, just so you know about More this, okay? Um, and... Listeners, I'm sure you're like this, okay? We we are not, but I've been told that some people have to do multiple edits. So I assume that the Doughboys, um, formerly No Boys, formerly No Babies, are merely currently just... TBD. Um, currently TBD. Are just currently looking at... They've probably gone through, like, draft 17 of how they're going to apologize, rectify, and maintain all of their listenership. After, you know, they come clean to the po'boys. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could see that, you know, and I got to be patient. I'm sure it's very scary for them that they have to own up to this. And it's such a public forum. And, you know, the po'heads out there are rabid. Yeah, uh, I mean, so I they I are they the are voracious. Do it right. Yeah, I mean, here's here's um for those people on the po boy workout routine, it's kind of like, um, and we have this happens to Josh and I all the time. After you know we take as many weights as we can, and are you know doing our sets, going max all out. Mm-hmm. The next and we per- do have to show up early before the gym even opens to do this because we do use every weight in the gym so that no one else can use any weights. Yeah. How many weights we're talking about. Here. But when we're doing more of a workout for the masses, you know, the next person that has to use the machine, they're like, I don't want to they they don't want to interact with us. Very few maintain eye contact with us because they're just so intimidated. So I would imagine, Josh, after them meeting you and seeing how swole, swole, swole and how much you more you know about Star Wars than they do, that they're just trying to make this right. Yeah, and I, I do have to apologize. I've been told, you know, again, yes, I'm very swole. Thank you. No pictures, please. Always nice to meet a fan. Very swole, very big. I've been told I can be very intimidating. And it's not intentional, but when I get aggro and I am hunting for justice, I do tend to expel this pheromone that will cling to my enemies and haunt them for days on end and they won't be able to sleep good and they will just smell judiciousness um, and it can it can linger for weeks. So, you know, they may still be battling with that. It's not something I can control and it's just who I am. So who knows? I'm not going to stop bugging them about it no I, can't you know, stop won't get, stop get something yeah, yeah yeah i mean i check my dms every day when i i've you know made this comment multiple times because when you have as much money as josh and i do you have to uh, maintain a will basically because base when you have so much money the vultures come after you and so um i've actually thought about like what's going to be in my tombstone and um 
for a while, it's just it's just a quote from Peter. Um, I'm just getting started. <laughs> but I also like the can't stop, won't stop as well, because I think that's, you know, a really good motto of the Poe boys. Can't stop, won't stop. Mm hmm. So I think on mine, it'll be. Famously dead, <laughs> a famously dead or still waiting for Blu-ray. Oh, my gosh. Don't get me started on that. Somebody <laughs> tweeted out some concept art from season two of Resistance that they saw on the DVD. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> also, I don't know what's going on with this purported re-release of Star Wars on Blu-ray. They're talking about it being like this week or something. Oh, really? Star Wars has or Disney has yet to make any official announcements about it. So I don't I don't understand. Maybe they're lowballing it. And it's like a discreet thing. I don't know. So, Josh, before Whatever. we get into the main part of what we're talking mm-hmm. about today... Hashtag mm-hmm. Obi boys. Obies. Um, you said you watched Rogue One, right? Yes, I did. And I have to say, I don't care what anyone says. That movie's great. And I'm just kidding because everyone really likes that movie. When that movie first came out, I had a lot of friends um, that are not Star Wars fans, hosts of a Star Wars podcast. Uh huh. Saying like, oh, that's this is the best Star Wars movie I've ever seen. This is my favorite Star Wars movie, and and there are a lot of you know more casual moviegoers I know that were like, this is yeah, this is number one. This is my favorite. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, I mean, I, I can identify with that. It's not it's not my favorite, but watching it again last night, that movie's incredible. Um, I love that movie. It's got so many great small moments, so many solid characters. Um, for a while, I was iffy on like like it seemed like maybe they weren't totally sure who Generoso was or what she wanted, but I'm, you know, watching again and you can, you, it's, it's, it is less of an issue for me as it once was. It's a movie that my issues with it tend to go away the more I watch it, which is, I think, rare in a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Now, so did you rewatch that because of the Doughboys or um, this is part no. of your rewatch for before no, episode I nine. Life because of the Doughboys. This is part of my rewatch for episode nine. My girlfriend was really hoping that we'd be able to find the time to do Rogue One, New Hope back to back, but her schedule just is never going to let that happen. So yeah, we crashed on on Rogue One last night. So at this point, you've seen. Did you go? Are you going chronological? Yeah. So we're halfway through now. Okay. So you are next. Next time we'll talk. Maybe you've already finished New Hope. Yeah, yep, yep. Okay. Um, and I think that'll probably be pretty likely. Girl was pretty, pretty excited to get into the original trilogy. I think um, I'm honestly, I'm only going to do 7 8. Um, yeah, I'm going to do 7 8 again, like the week before Rise of Skywalker comes out, mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. Um, um, and a quick thought, quick hot take on Rogue One. I will say, like, after that movie came out, more and more came out about this stuff behind the scenes and like shifts and creative personnel and perhaps bringing in uh, somebody else to like shadow direct type stuff. Uh, Gareth Edwards. Right. And, and what exactly went down on that is not totally out in the open and may never be, but I will say given how fantastic that movie turned out, despite all that behind the scenes turmoil, I think that maybe gave Lucasfilm a false sense of confidence in terms of what they could get away with, with just, willy-nilly canning director halfway through production and stuff like that with oh, Solo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can't help but wonder if they're like, look, we had the same issue with Rogue One, and look how that turned out. Josh gave it five stars on Letterboxd, so... Five stars? Really? Yeah, it's a five-star movie in my book. 
Now, listeners, I'm sure you'll be curious to know, five stars for me is top 10% of movies I've seen. It's the only rating I give out. I don't do that one through four. I don't do halves. Your top 10% of movies I've seen, five stars. And if I would watch it again, i give it a heart. Interesting. Okay. And I know some people put their rating system in their bio on Letterboxd, but my bio is just movies are dumb. Movies are dumb. And I don't want to mess with it. It's just I can't change that. No. I mean, why would you? It's, yeah. it's very clear what you think about movies and how you rate them. Yeah, they're dumb. Movies are dumb. Yeah. So I actually have a real issue with my letterbox because I made the mistake mm. of giving Captain Marvel five stars because mm-hmm. I walked out of it like, I really like that movie. And then I saw yeah. like, you know, 15 other movies after and I'm like, that movie's much better than Captain Marvel. That movie's be- much better than Captain Marvel. But I'm like, that's not five stars, though. So my but there's always going to be a better movie. And I think you do have to take into account how you feel when you leave the theater the first time you see a movie. Because you're never going to capture that again. But that's not nothing. Like, if the first time you watch a movie, it floors you and blows you away, I think it's totally relevant and and appropriate to give it five stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take that haters on my letterbox. Alien vs. Predator Requiem. <laughs> Um, Maybe one of the best theater-going experiences I've ever had. Though I don't think I gave it five stars. You can't discount that kind of thing, though. Magic Mike XXL. Let me tell you, the temperature in that theater went up. Well, there's something else to be said about the audience enhancing it. Like Mm -hmm. we saw Force Awakens together in Richmond. Yep. yep. Or Belize. We don't know where we live. Um, <laughs> Richmond, Spain. <laughs> Richmond, Spain. Um, or Richmond, Bogota. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, and that, like, crowd, I mean, every, I mean, it was a little annoying at certain points, but we saw it opening night, and just literally every single character just, like, howling and hoot, 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 and claps and claps. Yeah. And yeah. that just really, for me, enhanced, like, I missed a lot of lines from that, from the first, from the first watch. Oh, yeah. Um, I watched, famously, saw Force Awakens seven times in seven days when it came out. And even in those seven viewings, there was lines I always missed. Because certain moments, every single viewing, people lost it. BB-8 thumbs up, Falcon reveal, every time. Yeah. It's great. It's exciting. And that kind of, like, enhances it all, too, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it kind of cements what you're feeling when you have this collective experience with other people that are also like-minded yeah well, i mean particularly like if you think about like comedies and any sort of comedic movie or comedic show like the difference between watching it by yourself and even just watching it with one other person can be huge because mm-hmm. you're laughing with someone rather than you know by yourself i mean i'm still gonna end up watching the between two ferns movie alone but is that really is that know. really a movie mm-hmm. they were serious comes out this friday oh this friday really yeah on netflix Oh, okay. I was about to say it. But this is yeah. this is Opie's though in Book Boys. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um we are doing another episode of Book Boys. Normally this will be an entire episode, aka filler, but oh my God. um <laughs> the Pope Boys are lush. We're lush with content right now. We've got our pod is swole with tent. Yeah, we've got so hashtag many swole with tent. Hashtag stop. And if we ever have another, <laughs> if we ever have another shirt, that is going on the back hashtag of it. Hashtag 
Shut up, po boys. Um, <laughs> we are just. Um, let's just say we are um, lit with content right now, and because of yes. that, we actually for the first time had to combine two things. That you say you say this is July. Uh, this is one episode, and this other topic's an episode. Um, you think this is May? Um, yeah, that's seven <laughs> episodes of celebration. <laughs> um, Keep going. So Keep going. the it's this is not this would be a filler anyway. Um, yeah. So we're going to talk about um, Master and Apprentice, which is yeah, which is a book is a book by somebody that I E.K. Johnson or Claudia Gray, correct? I. So this time I actually have notes, but I have no, like, who is the person that wrote this? Despite reading it, Claudia Gray. Oh, yeah. I like Claudia Gray a lot. She did Bloodline. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw a tweet about, I mean, I don't know who did it, so apologies for that, but somebody really wanting her to be um, the person who writes the novelization of Rise of Skywalker. She is also, I believe, involved in Project Luminous, which we blew the doors wide open on, is actually Saber Buddies. Um, yeah, yeah, she did so. She did Master Apprentice. She did Lost Stars, which I think is... That was a Force of Awakening? Yeah. 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 And then she did another one about a Princess Leia book. Right, which I'd heard, I'd heard very good things about. I think it also involves... Uh, Holdo, a young Holdo. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Book by book by Claudia Gray that came out in April, I believe. When we were at Celebration, they had like a, a convention exclusive. Book, 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 Side note, not to derail us even further. I think it was me that posted the last Book Boys episode, or I edited it. I'm not sure. Alphabet Squadron. I think that was me. Ended up calling it Book Books. Didn't catch that for. A month. <laughs> it's fixed now, but forever. It was just book books four. Book books four. Alphabet Squadron. <laughs> um, we are um, we're really good with uh, words. Mm-hmm. We're wordy. Doing talking. We're wordy, wordy boys. So this book um, follows Qui Gon and Obi, uh, one Kenobi. Which is why we're doing this with the uh, later news that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, So this book, um, an unexpected offer threatens the bonds between Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi as two Jedi navigate a dangerous new planet. Oh my gosh. Doing talking! Uh, um, (laughs) And an uncertain future. So this is um, set... I don't I don't know if there's a set year in before episode one, mm-hmm. um, but Dooku is out of the Jedi Order. I think he's just okay. recently out of the Jedi Order. OK, because I was never totally sure when he left. I had it in my head at some point that Dooku left like Dooku is in the Jedi Order during Phantom Menace. No, and no, no. He, after the events of it. Yeah. yeah so okay. he's gone. Obi-Wan is like by the books. And Qui-Gon's yeah. like... Is he an adult or a teenager? He's a teenager, this? so it's definitely within okay. the, like... Like, within two, three years of episode one, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure somebody that 
is like really into this book will be able to tell us. Um, send us an email, proboyspodcast.gmail.com. Um, and it's yeah. just a book about their mission. Um, Qui-Gon um, has been offered a position on the Jedi Council. And he uh-huh. has um, um, accepted it, but he wants to be the one to break the news to Obi-Wan. Um, now, he's like... Because that means he can't have a battle Yeah, so that him? means... Um, okay. And it's not that... O- and Obi-Wan's not ready to be a knight. So that means, basically, Obi-Wan gets transferred. Okay. Um, so he's the one that's going to break the news to him. So they get sent to this planet called Pyjal... P-I-J-A-L. And mm-hmm. this planet that's... It's like a controlled by a monarchy is um, looking to join the Republic. And it is a planet that will have a um, hyperspace link connected to it. Which basically means it's like a midpoint. So, like, theoretically, say you are in Richmond, Virginia... Um, okay. Um, gonna kick you in the teeth. And you want to connect Richmond to like Pittsburgh or something. And there's like really nothing convenient to do that. Um, but it'd be like adding a highway there so that, you know, you can get more commerce or even like adding, um, a flight, you know, um, from like Richmond to Pittsburgh is the content of this. So it basically does go through. Um, the politics of trade. Um, they talk about the Trade Federation a little bit. Very prequely kind of Jedi's as mediators yep. stuff. And like. so they're controlled by this monarchy, and the monarchy is about to give up control to the New Republic. So um, once you become part of the New Republic, then you're subject to their laws and their guidelines, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, we get there to this pie gel, this, this planet, and they're um, going to sign this legislation when their queen becomes 18 or 16 or whatever, and then has the ability to take over. And then the um, person that's been um, basically in charge of her and has been controlling the planet for the last like six years is this person, the regent, um, the regent is a Jedi named Rail Avaros, who is... And he's allowed to be that? He's allowed to be a Jedi, but being Yeah, he was actually sent by the Jedi Order. Uh, um, so he was sent by the Jedi Order. Classic prequel Jedi, you know, bit much. Yeah, so this is Dooku's first apprentice. Uh, um, and when we talked about um, Jedi Lost, Count Dooku, in a previous book, Boys... Um, we're led to believe that this Jedi sounds like a cowboy, um, like a dumb okay. cowboy. Um, mm. So he actually has put himself in like self-imposed um, exile because he killed his apprentice. Um, and those of you that watch Clone Wars um, would remember this episode. But basically what happens is... Um, do you remember the Clone Wars episode where they're on Geonosis and there's the worms that control people? Yeah. Same premise, except rail instead of, you know, flooding the compartment and stuff, um, kills his apprentice. 
So to mm. like save this ship. So there, well, there are some more circumstances, but basically it really hit him. And he's seen as this. So he's an exile, but he's also the regent of. A yeah. Planet. So he views this as like an exile, basically. Gotcha. Um, so he's still a member of the Jedi Order, but he is um, doing this and he has not had to interact with other Jedi in like six or eight years or something. So the story basically goes through like um, turmoil that's happening and the relationship of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and how they don't mix and how, you know, Qui-Gon doesn't want to adhere to the rules, the living force, etc. He doesn't know if this is his path. And then Obi-Wan is just like rules, rules, rules. Report to the Jedi Council, report to the Jedi Council. Like at one point he snitches to the Jedi Council and then the the Jedi Council strips Obi-Wan of his authority and makes um, Obi-Wan the lead on the negotiations. Strips Qui-Gon of his authority. Um, And yet they still let him still be on the Jedi Council or his like recommendation is not there. Um, So some interesting things about this. And how spoilery, spoiler, spoilery, spoilery, how spoilery are you going to get um, here So I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not this. going to talk about the end of it. Um, there's some things we will talk about, like the obvious stuff, like he does not join the Jedi Council. Right. If you watch the But Phantom I'm not going to talk about that. what the planet event is or the, okay. um, that kind of stuff. So, um. So I haven't read this book. I don't care about spoilers, but if you're listening, you care about spoilers, you're in Pete's hands. Yeah. Now. So, I mean, the big things um, that this book um, talked about, it talked about the political structures of like um, what it's like for a new planet to join. So, like, you lose your autonomy, but you get access to all these resources, which yeah. present day would be kind of like. I don't know, like Turkey wants to join the EU, um, the European Union, and some other countries want to join the European Union. So the uh, it actually stands for Standing Universe. Um, <laughs> so they want to join. Oh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah, they want to join the. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they would just get more resources. They get more trade, etc. But they have to adhere to the guidelines of the expanded universe, for for example. So it gets into the politics of that. Um, this book also solidifies um, two things. It solidifies why Obi Wan doesn't join. No, sorry, why Qui Gon doesn't join the Jedi Council. So, mm-hmm. if you want like a more nuanced, if Episode One didn't do it for you, of why he d- wasn't on the Council, um, this book answers that. And then um, a big part of the planet, um, their labor force is indentured servants, where it's this Mm. corporation that um, basically they're slaves, but they're slaves where the family writes a contract and then you have to work that off, but you're a slave until you work it off. So Mm -hmm. there's some like additional characters that have relations to slavery and stuff, but it kind of shows why Qui-Gon goes to um, Tatooine and doesn't have this urge to free everybody there. So 
the book does a good explanation for explaining his episode one motives that way. Interesting. That was because, again, I'm rewatching. That really got stuck in my crawl this time around. And I've heard, so I have a friend of mine from work who's also a Star Wars fan. He's reading Queen's Shadow. Uh-huh. There's a novel about Padme. And mentioned that one of the details in there, without spoiling too much, is that uh, initially her plan is, upon retiring as queen of, of Naboo, to go uh, back to Tatooine and free slaves. But then, obviously, that never happens. And, I mean, I'm watching those movies, and I'm just like, I don't know. You know slavery exists mm-hmm. here. Like, it's insane that you're doing nothing. And I guess they can write it off as, like, you know, if we interfere with the Hutt cartel, that's a whole war. Like, the Huts are not to be trifled with. I don't know. I mean, it, again, I mean it, and it goes with the flow of the song as a whole, which is that at the height of the powers, the Jedi do become very pompous and, and blind to their own hypocrisies and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's definitely... Uh, a notable lapse of the Jedi Order in the prequel era. Yeah, so it, this book explains Qui-Gon's um, views for that. Um, and the the basic views are he works within the system, so he tries mm-hmm. to do everything he can to stop slavery, but not if it messes up with his mandate from the, new, from the Republic. So, like, mm. at various points, he's helping out slaves, but at no point does that actually go against the mission that he sent there to do of negotiate this pie gel joining the Republic. Mm-hmm. So he's very much, even though he's like rules, rules, I'm just going to get rid of them. He still has this moral code that abides to the Republic, which is kind of interesting. Gotcha. Um, uh, the last thing I'll say about the book is um, there is this hilarious spoiler at the end. Um, obviously, in episode one and episode two, um, can, you got to spoil well, it. Dooku doesn't have an apprentice in episode two, right? Mm, yeah, not that we know. Um, you know, in Clone Wars, his apprentice is, you know, Asajj. Um, so mm-hmm. we know from the TV show in episode two that Rail Avaros is not his apprentice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Claudia Gray adds this chapter at the very end, <laughs> and it's basically a phone conversation between Dooku and Rail, and Dooku is like giving him the pitch and like describing like large components of Episode Two, like what he plans to do in broad strokes, what? and then Rail's like that guy's hmm. crazy and just hangs up on him, nice, and then never uh, touches it again. Um. So that was pretty funny of just Dooku sending him this pitch for, hey, join me. You know, the Jedi Order's bankrupt. Let's build a better world that's dictated on things we both believe. And Rail's like, I would listen to. I'm remembering now that Count Dooku still doesn't have a first name. I would listen to Jeff Dooku's TED Talk. Mm-hmm. On what his whole deal is. Yeah, I mean. I have a low threshold for TED Talks, so I would probably... Yeah, I've actually, I don't think I've ever listened oh. to a TED Talk, so... I think maybe one, maybe yeah. two. Yeah, well, I I listen to way too many TED Talks. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of the broad strokes. Um, if you want to learn more about the Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and um, you're like, you know, after episode one, you're dying for more content... This doesn't disappoint. 
Um, it isn't, you know, if you just want swashbuckling Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, it's more like their relationship is strained kind of stuff. So I was kind mm-hmm. of disappointed in that. I kind of wanted it to be like, you know, these like two cowboys, wild, wild west going and solving problems. And it's more like mm-hmm. um, deadbeat dad who's like feels bad <laughs> about like divorcing the mom and sure, like sure. needy kid who doesn't want to split his weekend at mom's house than dad's house um, is mm-hmm. how I would describe the relationship. And then we get any we get any Cephadias? N- no, no Cephadias, no Cephadias. No. Um, and then the big one for me, I mean, if I could request a young Obi Wan novel in Clone Wars, he alludes to time spent on Mandalore with Duchess Satine, living hand to mouth and running from assassins or some such. Or do they, do they no, make any reference to no, Satine? No, no, no. So actually. Granted, he's only 17 at that point. I looked it up, and it looks like that's eight years before Phantom Menaces takes place, so it could be after yeah. that. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, it's definitely after, because you would imagine that mm. would be more of a bonding moment, because Obi-Wan goes against the Jedi Code with Satine. So he would not be as, like, right. rules, 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 rules in that world, so it has to be after. That makes sense. So... Um, and then lastly, if you want to, you know, get more into the like economics and then a touching slavery, this is a nice it's a nice complimentary book to episode one. It answers a couple holes, provides some further explanation to some parts of the universe. So recommend yeah. it. Book, 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 boys. Uh, tight, 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 tight. <laughs> and now we've talked about. Obi-Wan's past. Dot, 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 dot. Uh, We're finally going to talk about Obi-Wan's future in this announcement that there's going to be an Obi-Wan Kenobi show. At long last, we got official confirmation of this at D23. Oh, Um, my gosh, that was so painful. That whole interaction between him and Kathy on the stage. Oh, it was bad. Because they clearly had not rehearsed anything. And they clearly have, like, <laughs> had very limited interaction with each other. So there was, like, no rapport. Uh, mm-hmm. And they just confirmed, yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi is getting his own TV show on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Which is, I mean, again, a long time in, in the making. For a while there, it seemed all but confirmed that there was going to be a Kenobi mm-hmm. movie before solo and all that stuff went down they had a director i think it was the guy who directed billy elliott i mean it seemed to be moving ahead but ewan mcgregor would never go on record never say yes but it it seemed all but confirmed and then that kind of went the way of james mangold's boba fett movie and all that stuff so now we officially have it confirmed um and go ahead and do yourself a favor and don't waste your time watching the people out there who take footage of Ewan McGregor's performance as Jesus Christ in that one movie where he's Jesus in the desert and try and make that seem like an official Kenobi uh-huh. trailer. Uh, I've had to disabuse a person or two about that. Like, what are you talking about? They're already shooting. There's a trailer. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. You got you. Good call. There's a trailer. You're right. You're right. You're not right. You've been had. It's been not had. a real trailer. Um, been had real good. 
Very excited about Kenobi. Ewan McGregor is probably my favorite part of the prequels. He's fantastic. He's the good actor along Natalie Portman, but he actually gets to, like, do stuff, and they don't half-rate him out by the end of the story. So that's that's Another thing, too, about him is that he also had big shoes to fill. Like, the Alec Guinness, you know, like, people really like Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan. And another thing, too, is he's one of the few people that A has continued to have you know a pretty good career and B has like openly stated mm-hmm. like I would love to come back I'm you know I love the Star Wars community I've never heard him say a negative thing about any of that not that I'm like intently looking but I would imagine no, I mean he's yeah. like Harrison Ford where like you know he had this movie called Christopher Robin and then he's answering Star Wars questions you know, like yeah. Doctor Sleep, which is a nightmare movie that comes out in like a month or two. Sequel yeah, to The Shining. Um, I couldn't sleep after watching the trailer. Really? Oh my gosh, I hated it so much because I'm like, oh, I like you and McGregor, and then I'm like, ah, 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 ah. Um, but well, we're gonna have to watch yeah, it for Obi's. I mean, you have to support him, so maybe I'll buy a ticket and mm-hmm. just walk out. Oh, um, but. He, you know, is very, he's very kind answering these questions and he's had to do that for the last, like what, 18 years of his career is answer questions about like, what was it like to be with George Lucas? What was it like to be on Star Wars? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be back on Star Wars? So he's definitely earned it. Um, I'm very excited Mm -hmm. about being an Obi boy. Yeah. And... Yeah, it should be fun. Um, and it's not, so this will be the third Disney Plus show after Mandalorian and the uh, Cassie and Andor show. So, I mean, don't hold your breath for it to be out. I don't think they, they mentioned that the scripts, I think, are written, but I don't I can't recall if they announced any people behind the camera or anything like that. Um, conventional wisdom would say it'll be largely on Tatooine. But also conventional wisdom says that anytime they go back and fill in a gap in between two points in time in fiction... They like to really push the limits in terms of believability. So I don't know. What do you think? You, get, you think they're going to have them leave Tatooine? Um, I would be surprised if it's not like a, he's trying to save people and it doesn't work out. Yeah, I would be. Yeah. I think it's uh, going to be something along those lines. Because, um, you know, we know what happens in New Hope. We have the Darth mm-hmm. Maul conclusion. Yeah, that works through in Rebels, though I people seem to be convinced that Maul will somehow play a part in this just through, I don't know, maybe they haven't seen Rebels. Yeah, so like, I, I could see... I would not be a fan I could of see, that. you know, I, I would be... I can see it being like a, trying to protect Luke, for sure, because that's his mandate, and then also mm-hmm. him being drawn to wanting to help, you know? Like, yeah. hearing about them being slaughtered or hearing about them you know, being taken to a prison or something. You know, the same stuff that, like, Kanan does to try and save, you know, Luminar Undula um, in yeah. Rebels, right? So, Yeah, and I mean, you know, at the end of the day, he's a good guy on a planet full of gangsters. You know, there'll be something, well, it's also, some It's, it's also up, like I'm he's sure. a guy that is from Muscle Beach, and it's a bunch of gangsters that don't lift weights, you know? Like... Yeah. He's also in a different yeah. weight class than literally all of those people on that planet. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, Jason Aaron wrote the first, I don't know, 40-some issues of the Star Wars comic that Marvel put out when they first reacquired the license in Uh 2015. And he would interstitially, between arcs, do one-off issues uh, where Luke went back to Tatooine, back to Obi-Wan's house, and found Uh Obi-Wan's journal. And he would read entries from the journal, and it would detail um, Obi-Wan's time on Tatooine. And it would be stuff like he would be going into Mos Eisley and hear about people being shaken down by the Hutt cartel and stuff, and he would interfere in small little micro-vigilante actions and stuff like that. I really hope we don't see that. Really? It seems so small. But I think this show needs to be small. I don't know. I feel like they need to prove that they can, you know... You know, they do, you know, Rise of Skywalker is going to be their, you know, Infinity War or whatever. You got to, you need to be versatile enough to also have, like, your Ant-Man. Yeah, I just can't imagine, like, you know, Ant-Man's a poor example of, you know, having Obi-Wan, the comedy, after all of his friends have died, and he did. I mean, I, I don't know, mean Ant-Man because it's a comedy. I, know, I, I know. mean, it's scope. I just, they have not announced what the scope's yeah. going to be. I... Mm-hmm. I'm holding out. I mean, I like um, Ewan McGregor a lot. Um, I love to mm-hmm. see more Obi Wan. So uh, I assume. Yeah. My big thing is, I want to know what happened to Commander yeah, Cody. Yeah, he'll probably kill him. Like, <laughs> I really thought Commander Cody that would like that would have been spoilers for Rebels, but Commander Cody does not show up in Rebels. But like. I really thought when Rex showed back up, like that would have been some prime. Like somehow. You get the clone who did it and the clone who did, and how does that go? I don't know. So you hear that? You hear that, Kathy? You hear that, Owen? What happened to Cody? Um, what's the actor that played Django and all the clones? Um, Jameer Morrison. If he's announced, then obviously Obi-Wan kills him. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't even think it's sure. close. So um, <laughs> that take that to the bank. All right. Well, I... I mean, he does kill a bunch of clones in Revenge of the Sith when they go back to the Jedi yeah. Temple, so yeah. no and love lost there. he, like, mows there. them down as if it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And they they kill so many of yeah. them that they don't even send reinforcements to, <laughs> to Obi-Wan and Yoda's position. They're yeah. like, uh, they're all dead. So. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. You already, let's be real, listener, you already knew this was happening. Uh, you know, but it's happening, so... You know, isn't that exciting? Aren't you glad we yeah, talked about it? I mean, it? Um, that ends our three-part series on D23. So we talked about it. But book boys and OBs will continue. And um, that's it. So if you want to get a hold of us, we're on Twitter. Yeah, we can Send email us. An email. Us. Ugh. Ugh. What combination of pro or anti Bendemption and pro or anti Raylo do I need to be to get you heathens to email us? Do I hate them both? Do I like them both? Hate one like the other? I don't know. Poboys Podcast at gmail.com. Later, nerds. Talking to you, Doughboys.